0: Ever. Ladies and gentlemen, Brett Schwartz is about to come on talking about such a powerful, just strategy, tactic, way of showing up in your finances and transforming your finances with one of the best kept secrets for financial and time freedom. So stick around because you are going to learn about some gold here in just a second. Before that, I want to say thank you for choosing to be and become your greatest possible self, to grow with us, to step into your greatness together. And uh, I appreciate you being here one step at a time. That's how you can achieve anything. Anything is possible when you take one step at a time. Next up is our iTunes review of the week. This week, it's by P. Cully, who says great podcast informative and educational love the energy and effort that goes into this marathon tune in and see what I am talking about Pete Coley thank you so much for that review if you want a chance to get shouted out on a future 12-hour live stream as one of the people who loves the show and is just making this a a reality making this possible go to bugps.com forward slash iTunes or search greatest possible self On the Apple Podcast Store, let us know what you love, what you want to see more of, and how we can improve the show for you so you can become your greatest possible self. Thank you in advance for doing that. Let's keep growing and going together. I'm going to introduce Brett in just a sec. Before that, grab a piece of paper, grab a pen. You're going to want to take notes. You're going to want to take action on these strategies, on what you can do to absolutely transform your financial freedom. So stick around all the way through to the end because one of these ideas, one of the things that we dive into could literally change everything for you. Mr. Brett Swartz is the founder of Capital Gains Tax Solutions, and he hosts the Capital Gains Tax Tax Solutions podcast. Each year, he equips hundreds of business professionals with the Deferred Sales Trust tool to help their high net worth clients solve capital gains tax deferral limitations. His expertise includes numerous deferred sales trusts, Delaware statutory trusts, uh, the 1031 exchanges, and $85 million in closed commercial real estate brokerage transactions. He's an active commercial real estate broker and investor with brokerage experience and ownership in multifamily, senior housing, retail, medical office, and mixed-use Properties. He's a licensed California real estate broker who holds Series 22 and 63 licenses, and not only that, but Mr. Schwartz is passionate about educating people in capital gains tax deferral with a deferred sales trust. How to divest from a business or real estate, or real estate, and gain freedom. From feeling hostage to a 1031 exchange, then invest back into new business venture or investment real estate at any time. All capital gains tax deferred, which he calls optimal timing. And we're going to learn all about this greatness in this conversation. Brett, are you ready to ring the heat, my man?
1: I am, Chris. Thanks so much for having me on.
0: I love it, dude. We're going to dive in. This is going to be a powerful conversation. Thank you for being here. The theme today, brother, is home is blank. What does home mean for you, Brett? Uh, what does home
1: mean for me? You know, beyond family, faith, and love, I think those would be the three things that come to mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, giving back and being part of something more than just yourself. Um, a place that's uh, comfortable and safe to be who you are, and a place where you can thrive. That—that—that's that, <laughs> what home means to me.
0: I love it, man. I, lo- I love the three that you said family, faith, love. Like, those are great. And then thriving, right? When you're at home, when you feel like this place of, just being the best version of yourself. You're gonna be thriving. You're gonna be alive. You're gonna be connected with possibility, with showing up as your best, man. So I love it. I love, I love your background, I love the design, man. You're just you're living capital gains and supporting people uh with, with that, you know, to empower them around that. Let's talk a little bit more about what you're serving your clients with today and your podcast. Tell us more, Brett.
1: Yeah, so uh, serving my uh, clients with ways to escape feeling trapped by capital gains tax when they sell their highly appreciated assets is the technical thing that we do. But really, we, we help people solve their internal motivations, which have to do with struggling with time, with stress, with toilets, trash, liability. With you know transitioning in life from owning and creating large businesses or pieces of real estate and then wanting some more flexibility with their time and their energy without getting hammered by capital gains tax
0: mm. and
1: a better way to start might be to go back to kind of the origin story of where Let's do it kind of where I came from and, and kind of how I I um, started to uh, see the struggle and help people out with this. So, you know, two thousand six, I started out at a company called Marcus and Millichap, where I helped people buy and sell investment real estate. And we learned, you know, how to do this, and we learned how to help and consult with people, really solve problems, yeah. to and add value. Um, and I was, you know, I was newly married. In fact, <laughs> we had a, we had, you know, within a year, year we had another baby on the, we had a baby on the way. And we were making, you know, next to nothing, and it was tough. You know, it was mm-hmm. very challenging. I was trying to be the sole provider. My wife wanted to stay home, and we were trying to make make ends meet. And uh, 2008 hit, and that really put a, a kind of a halt to a lot of things. And mm-hmm. and yet, I was still very passionate about, you know, the business and helping people and making it. I I, I grew grew in love with solving problems and trying to help people. But uh, we, we struggled for a while, and at the same time, a lot of clients lost everything, uh, or at least lost a lot, with with being stuck in this real estate. And so, enter in uh, a, a business partner of mine now, who was the guide at the time, who helped me learn about an alternative to a 1031 exchange, and it's through this education of this tax strategy and understanding how to apply it, it changed everything for me, my business, and for my clients. To never have to feel hostage to taking on too much debt, too much property, and really solving back to that internal motivation for a lot of them, which is just to be able to spend more time with their family, more time traveling, and and less less, uh, debt and less pressure in their lives.
0: Yeah. Wow. Dude. It's huge. This is huge, man. Uh, I love the story. We've already dove into it. I want to talk about like the real estate aspect of of your journey and and creating success with that. Like, what what do you feel really set you apart to create that success in all the different areas and types of of real estate? Like, how did you create that, man?
1: Yeah, I think the first thing is just being humble and coachable to learn from those who know more than you, right? So Mm -hmm. I had mentors. I was in the number one investment real estate firm in the nation, and I had a ton of training and a ton of education along the way and being willing to live on next to nothing I mean, we it's 100 percent commission for those who don't know who who are in commercial real estate or any real estate no salary no benefits nothing it's, it's, it's sink or swim you make a big check or you make zero and so just being willing to learn and being coachable you know growing up i played uh sports and that, that taught me how to have grit and how to how to be coachable and how to be um how to continue to improve and take take constructive criticism and yeah. and just improve and, and keep going and so that was the, really the I think the first part of of that and then you know real estate is actually pretty simple but it does it, it's not rocket science it takes diligence of of understanding the location the property um, the, the, the income stream, the cash flow, the expenses. And once you understand, understand, those, those basic tenants, then it's just a matter of, you know, saving enough up to invest in yourself, yeah. uh, and then make enough income and live on a budget to invest in the next deal. So it's kind of a mix there. Um, I also, my, my father, he, he built single family homes growing up in the Bay area. So mm-hmm. I kind of learned the sticks and bricks behind real estate at a young age. Also learned how to kind of be an entrepreneur and a businessman. So I had yeah. really, you know, really, um, great people in my life to teach me and help me along the way. So I feel very fortunate and blessed to have that um, along with great schools and good education. So it's kind of a mix of a lot of things together. Mm-hmm. But uh, real estate, uh, to me, is hands down the best way to build long-term passive wealth mm-hmm. and to build um, a lots lots of wealth to help more people. And really, that's the goal here. To, to, if you can if you make enough wealth, you can help and give more to others who are in need.
0: Yeah. I remember in our pre-interview conversation, like one of the biggest aspects of what you do is your family and and your faith and like serving people, right? Like you're just, you're out to make a bigger difference in the world. Um, Have you always had that drive to, to contribute and serve? Is there someone who modeled that for you? How did you, how did you get instilled with that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think like anyone, when you're, when you're growing up, you, uh, you have to learn from those who are giving, right? And I think it was not until I'm, you know, 20, 21 years old or really 18, 19, 20 years old where you look back and say, wow, all of these coaches, you know, my mom and my grandma who gave so much, uh, you know, my dad, my my older brother, my older cousins, you know, I had so many good, positive mentors, my youth pastor um, that, that God put in my life. And so I was really fortunate to be able to to uh, see and and. You know, try to listen as much as you as much as you can, and so that that was a big part of it. You know, of of my maturity and and, and success, and um, along the way, I also you know started to study leadership and personal development, which yeah. which I wish every high school or junior higher could could study. Yeah. Um, and I learned that in Mount Saint College, and that really kind of changed my life as well. But at the center of all of it, it's always been. It's really been my faith in in Jesus and God and, and and giving me new life and giving me you know forgiveness and and giving me uh, just blessing upon blessing to be able to use the gifts that I have now to try to be a blessing to others and that's mm. that's truly what I try to do now is just use all the gifts and talents He's given me. and and make the most out of those. And then in turn, try to teach and coach others as well and and mentor and disciple others uh, who are are younger than me so that they can go make a bigger difference in the world. So I think that's
0: that's sort of um, my story. I love it, man. We'll dive more into that. I do want to dive into um, the deferred sales trust and like what do we what do we need to know about it and and um, educating our audience on how they could get involved with it, how they should be taking action on it. Tell us about that. What what foundation do we need to have, Brett?
1: Yes. Yeah, so this is a few stats that to start with. According to the American Bankers Association, there's about seventeen to twenty trillion dollars which will pass from one generation to the next in the next twenty years. And this is known as the largest wealth transfer in the history of the planet. And it's happening right now by the baby boomer generation, which is my parents and it's probably your parents too, Chris. Right, And so, in fact, there's about 10,000 baby boomers in the U.S. alone. I'm sorry, 10,000 turning 65 every day in the U.S. alone. There's about 77 million in the U.S. alone. So you look at that and you have this massive amounts of wealth, right, that they've established over 20, 30, 40, 50 years. They've worked all their lives, blood, sweat, and tears. And they're going to pass it to this next generation. But guess what? there's this big, big tax that they're facing if they sell their assets. Mm -hmm. And that's 30 to 50%, and that's called capital gains tax. So let's just say, Chris, you started a company 20 years ago, and you started it for 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 you know a hundred thousand dollars, and now it's worth twenty million dollars. Okay. Well, if you were to sell today, and let's say you need to retire and you're ready to be you know done with all all of it, you're looking at somewhere between probably around seven to eight million dollars of that being wiped out by capital gains tax. So that's brutal, right? That's really brutal where that tax can be used. If you can defer it, Mm -hmm. you can use it to fund your retirement. You can use it to fund your college and your grandkids, grandkids college. You can use it to give to charity. And and yet this is happening right now. And most people feel trapped. Mm -hmm. um, And that's where the deferred sales trust comes in. So... um, uh, we, we use this tool to help them get tax deferral where they could sell that $20 million asset and put basically all $20 million into this trust minus some fees, and they can live off all of the interest payments, pay ordinary income tax on that, but more so they can give to charity if they want to, all so that um, um, the funds don't go to a government who, let's be honest, no matter what side you're on the aisle – They wasted away pretty quickly. So we're all about keeping uh, the funds, the equity in our families, in our communities, and in the hands of the people so that they can do what's best for those who are around them and those who have the most need.
0: Wow. So it's it's really people don't know the options that they have, and they think that, hey, whenever I'm ready to exit, this is just what I do. I sell it and... That's it but there's there's additional strategies there's additional ways to protect that wealth um and not have to get taxed so much on the capital gains.
1: Yeah. So most people know about what's called a 1031 exchange. And this kind of goes back to the stories that Marcus and Miller Chap. We learned about that strategy on about day three. And for your listeners who don't know what that is, it's essentially if you have an investment property and you sell it and you move it into a like-kind investment property, you can also defer the capital gains tax. And the reason the government does this, by the way, is to incentivize... Money to flow. Okay. So they move, they, these are legal tax loopholes that they want. You know, let's say Chris had that building or that business, they want to be able to give you incentive to sell it. Rather than not sell it right. and not maybe go start another business, so the ideas of macroeconomics—if we can keep the money flowing and the money going—that it's actually going to create more jobs, right? And it's going to create more tax revenue. And so these are these are tax loopholes they put in for for a lot of years. So most people only really know about the 1031. Mm-hmm. The challenge with a 1031 exchange is it doesn't work for primary homes, which the Deferred Sales Trust does. It doesn't work for businesses. I mean, you can do a 1031 for the business, but no one really does it. Um, it doesn't work for, um, you know, Bitcoin. We do cryptocurrency deals. It doesn't work for, we're doing a, a race deal. We're doing, uh, we've done car deals, you mm-hmm. name it. The deferred sales trust works for us. So the 1031 is very limited to what it actually does work for. And for what it does work for, which is investment real estate, which is where, where I've helped people do 1031 exchanges along the years. Mm-hmm. There's limitations with it too. You have to buy equal or greater value and you have to buy it within 180 days. So wow. you sell a $10 million property, Chris, You need to buy something within 180 days. And the challenge with that is it causes what's called pressure to overpay. And we call this non-optimal timing. We call it actually the worst timing. So right now in the marketplace, real estate is kind of an all-time high. Mm -hmm. So our parents taught us to sell high and buy low. They didn't teach us to sell high and buy higher 180 days later. And unfortunately, that's what the 1031 forces you to do because you have to sell high and within 180 days you have to buy and that's what happened in the 050607 before the crash and that's where i saw the friends family get hurt and clients get hurt because they overpaid for property. But they didn't only just overpay, they took on debt. And that's the yes. second challenge with the 1031 exchange. You have to take on equal or greater value from what you just sold. So often means equal or greater debt. And yes. so that means, oh no, right? So not only have you overpaid for a property, but maybe you've taken on even more debt, yep. market shifts and now you're you're underwater or you're hurting and you're, you're struggling for cash flow. Mm-hmm. We like to say, don't do that. We like to say, get out of all your debt. Get out of debt when the market's high. The Deferred Sales Trust allows you to do that. You don't have to do any, any debt. You pay off all the debt. The funds go into the trust. And at that point now, this is where everything changes. You don't have to go back into real estate at all. Like you may mm-hmm. say, you know what? I'm done with the toilet. the trash, the liability. Let me just sit in stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, conservative stuff. Now. As we're recording this, these last two weeks, the stock market's been absolutely hammered with the coronavirus and all the challenges that are going on. But there are very safe, (laughs) conservative allocations that you can put it in. That's where the financial advisor comes in. But the point is you can diversify and not be in just one single asset class and one single place, which ties into the optimal timing piece. Mm -hmm. A lot of our clients, they want to be able to go back into real estate. Or a business venture, but they want to do it at their own timing, so for example, we just helped a client. His name is Peter. He lives about uh, an hour north of San Francisco, and he was driving two three days a week to Sacramento and We helped him sell his about one point eight million dollar apartment complex and find financial relief um, and time relief. Um, uh, and save $480,000 in capital gains tax. Nice. And so he was able to sell his property. And his biggest thing was like, Brett, I have 18 problems. He had 18 units that he was managing. And he goes, I had 18 problems. I didn't want 36 problems. I didn't want to trade 18 problems and go buy a bigger property and just have 36 problems. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to be out of this. Hmm. I faced the 08 crisis before, and I held on, and I was able to make it. But I almost lost all, everything, right? Hmm. So now I'm, it's kind of deja vu. The values are back up. I feel stuck between a rock and a hard place. If I sell, I pay $500,000 in tax. If, Unless I do a 1031, which I don't want to do, but the deferred sales trust is perfect, Brett. I get to be out of debt. I get to have liquidity. I get to have diversification. And I get to go back into real estate if I want to, but I may never want to. You know, he's seventy years old, he may never want to. But we'd like just to give the freedom and flexibility for the client to have that and let them have that decision versus feeling like they have to be trapped between a rock and a hard place of either paying the tax or holding on to the property.
0: Yeah, this is this is great, Brett. From what I'm hearing, it sounds like a no-brainer to go to to not do the 1031 and to do the deferred sales trust. Is there is there anything that it wouldn't work for, or any type of people who it wouldn't be a good fit for? So we can just get some clear. Heck, yes, I'm for it. And for those that aren't a great fit, they can they can we can still wish them well absolutely so the,
1: the biggest thing is the first thing to start with is how big is the deal right so if the deal' mm-hmm. if the deal's too small or the liability's too small, mm-hmm. then our fees eat up the tax savings and so we have mm-hmm. some general placeholders there the first placeholder is five hundred thousand dollars of proceeds is typically the minimum deal size we'll do, do. Sure. so proceeds is is net of all closing costs right net of the debt you paid off at closing net of the you know the realtor fees or whatever yep. so five hundred thousand in proceeds is the minimum. And then the second, second thing we look at is the actual liability, okay? Not to be confused with your gain, but the liability needs to be about $100,000. So, for example, if you owned a property at a million dollars and you sold it at 1.3, mm-hmm. your gain is $300,000, but your liability may only be about 33% of that, which is about 100000 So we would say that's kind of the minimum 100000 liability or greater. of proceeds are greater. So if if your liability is like $25,000 or $30,000, we say just pay the tax, it's too small. Hmm. And if your proceeds are below that $500,000 mark, we say it's too small, our fees will eat up the savings. The flip side of that is if we can earn 7%, let's say it was a million dollars of proceeds into the trust, and we're saving, let's say, $300,000 of tax. If we can earn 7% on that total million, Mm-hmm. we can double that amount to 2 million within 10 years if you let the 7% compound it's a law of compound interest so you could either say hey i could have 700,000 or i could have a million minus the fees and then if i earn 7% on that full million it's going to double in 10 years at which which point you can pay the tax Or you can just renew for 10 more years and renew for 10 more years and just keep going for as long as you want, pass it on to your kids. So we define losing, Chris, as paying the tax. Once you pay the tax, you've lost. It's over, right? There's no longer getting the money back. We define winning as tax deferral, and that leads back into the income stream for the family, for retirement, um, for other business ventures they want to go into. But Then, again, back to the opportunity to give more to those who are most in need.
0: Wow. So I, I'm loving what I'm hearing. And I just I'm I'm pretty new in terms of like the 1031 deferred sales trust. So you're talking to a newbie, man. And I love it. I love how you're explaining it. I'm understanding it. Um, so someone might want to just get the cash themselves. Um, that is not an option with this, right? Because it has to be reinvested into something else, um, like either another money making vehicle or, or stocks, bonds, or some other kind of investment, right?
1: Yeah, so to clarify, most of our clients will just live off the interest payments. So let's use that million-dollar example again. And let's imagine it's earning around 6% net of fees, so it's about $60,000 a year. And you save, let's say, $400,000, so you have have an extra amount coming in. Now, most of our clients will live off the interest, and they'll pay ordinary income tax on that. But they have that extra, let's say, $25,000 that they wouldn't have had, so they're really Mm -hmm. happy about that um and but they might have other needs too they might say you know i i want to take $500,000 or $200,000 or $300,000 in a year or two to go buy a house or to go buy a fancy car or do something else personally with it. If it's personal use and kind of, you know, basically it's a primary home or car or something like that, then that's going to be taxable, right? So mm-hmm. the government puts these legal loopholes in place so that it incentivizes business purpose and it yep. incentivizes the economy to grow. Yep. But if you want to use it for personal, you would just take that portion of it and pay your capital gains tax in that given year, right? But most of our clients will just keep the principal in place and just live off the interest payments. So, mm-hmm. so you're always going to get taxed on what you receive, but the key is, Chris, when do you want to receive it? Right. And you may mm-hmm. say, well, Brett, I'm making, you know, $200,000 a year right now. And, and, and if I sell my million dollar property over there, you know, and I let the, I let the interest compound, uh, I, I may be able to stay at a lower tax bracket mm-hmm. versus taking all of the income and making it to to a higher tax bracket. So the, it's it's your money. The money is owed to you. The question is when do, when to, how do you want to receive it? And we just customize this customize this wealth plan for you so that it fits for your family and your needs. And uh, yeah, that's that's kind of how it works.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome, man. Um, what are some other options that you've seen your clients do after they um, transfer it to the to the deferred sales trust? They make the sale. They transfer it. Tell us a little bit more about what what they can do after that.
1: Yeah, one of the most prolific stories, we call this the Monday morning quarterback um, deferred sales trust expert story. This gentleman was, he was living in Minnesota and he actually sold before the crash of 08. I think he sold around 2006, a very, very large commercial real estate property and he put it all into the deferred sales trust. So he paid off his debt. He remained tax deferred and that buyer who bought that property, you know, he paid a high price for it. Mm-hmm. Five years later he wasn't able to service the debt and that buyer was foreclosed on by the bank. And so the bank called the old owner who had sold it five years prior and asked him if he wanted to buy it. And he said, absolutely, I'll buy it as long as it's cheap enough. Yeah. And sure enough, he was able to buy it 60 cents on the dollar. Wow. So 40% discount and, and he bought it through his trust. And the best thing is all tax deferred. Wow. So this is, he played it perfectly. You know, you couldn't have timed it any better. Sold at the peak waited five years, That same property that he had sold, he bought it back from the banking foreclosure at 60 cents on the dollar, a 40% discount, all tax deferred. So no one else can do that without the deferred sales trust. Otherwise he would have to have paid the tax and waited, it and then bought it. And, and he lost about, you know, say 40% of all of that. So that's, that's the Monday morning quarterback. So that's my favorite one because I'm invested in real estate, um, um, enthusiast by 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 nature, by profession, and also by just just um where I invest money, so that 's my favorite one being able to buy at optimal time, and I think that 's so powerful because in real estate, we often know when it 's a seller 's market mm-hmm. like we can often tell like hey now 's the seller 's market for this piece of real estate it 's high, highly priced. And we also often know when it's a buyer's market. Now, the the country as a whole, there's different. You know, not it's not just one size fits all. There's definitely right. different pockets and different areas. But generally speaking, most would say right now it's a seller's market. And it's hard to find value add forced appreciation opportunities, which is my second favorite part about real estate. If you can find something where you can get your hands on, and you can add value by, let's say, you know, new countertops or or new flooring or adding washers and dryers to units. That's called forced depreciation where you can add value to a property, repaint it, re-landscape it, increase the rents. And when you do that, you can get a higher price for the property if you sell it. Mm. So, but the challenge again is that 1031 doesn't allow you to do it within that optimal timing. So this is really the best of both worlds when it comes to an an investment. So that's the first thing. The second one, again, is stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, just a general portfolio diversified. And we're talking the S and P 500, you know, Apple, netflix costco facebook mm-hmm. all the top ones and you're diversified all across and you never have to deal with a toilet a trash a liability and a lot of our clients who are the baby boomers are exactly there right now mm-hmm. they're just putting it that you could also put it into a business venture they're working with some tech entrepreneurs and some folks who are selling their tech companies to these very very you know big big you see facebook google type of thing mm-hmm. and they want to go recreate they don't want to necessarily just work for a big tech company. They want to become the next big tech company. But the challenge is they have capital gains tax and they need venture capital. Well, the Deferred Sales Trust is the solution in that you can use the trust to fund your next business venture. We call this the go fund Yourself." Right. And instead of relying on the bank or relying on venture capital, you be kind of become your own bank with this trust by partnering with the trust wow. to go fund your new business venture. And we think that hands down is one of the best reasons to use the deferred sales trust is because it gives you so much flexibility, mm. so much diversification. And and then frees you from venture capital, frees you from the big banks, mm-hmm. and, uh, and 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 you save you know thirty to fifty percent when you sell. I'm
0: curious, is there is there um, you mentioned partnering there? Is there ways to bring people together, like high net worth people or people with different um, businesses or properties, to come into like a bigger bigger kind of solution? What's is or is it only like one entity per deferred sales trust? Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, so the partnership aspect of it is very uh, flexible and seamless. So, for example, mm-hmm. we're closing a deal out of Nevada right now, and it's a twenty million dollar apartment complex sale. Mm-hmm. And these two individuals are going to go their separate ways into their own deferred sales trust, and they're going to pay off the rest of their investors. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have their own deferred sales trust. And what's really unique about it is each trust is its own entity; it's not commingled. But also, um, it's based upon their own risk tolerance. It's invested in however, you know, however they customize it. Yeah. But also, they can now take the funds and go partner on, on the next deal together again. Mm-hmm. right? And so instead of, like, for example, a lot of these syndication deals or these partnership deals or even business deals, mm-hmm. they have what's called carried interest. And carried interest is just a form of sweat equity. So you may put mm-hmm. some money into the deal equity, but you may put just your brain, your time, your energy – to managing the deal and you get a percentage of ownership. Well, that is tax deferrable with the Deferred Sales Trust. And so we can now you know sell, move it into this trust, and then use that same amount to go do that next deal with other partners. So you don't have to do it all yourself. You can do it with other partners too, which is another great way to diversify within commercial real estate because some of your listeners may say, hey, I don't really like that stock market. You know, I'm kind of afraid of that. This whole thing is, I'm really a real estate person. Great. So are we. Um, A little caveat, up to 80% of the funds can be moved into investment real estate. The other 20% Mm -hmm. needs to stay in liquid diversified uh, securities. But The point of all that is, yes, you can go partner with more people. You can partner with other operators and you can diversify within the product types of commercial real estate, which are, let's say, mobile home parks, industrial properties, apartment complexes. You can go with multiple commercial real estate syndicators in different geographical locations, whereas the 1031 exchange, oftentimes it's one product type, let's say a multifamily, Mm -hmm. in one city, right, in one state, and you're just trading, let's say, 20 units for 40 units. So you're not really diversifying beyond you know, getting some more units, you're still in the same product type, you're still in the same area. And so we like to say, no, no, diversify right now, especially if you're older and you've made your wealth, go into more of a preservation mode uh, versus just maybe, you know, being stuck in a single asset class in a single location, which creates more risk for you to lose that.
0: Wow, dude. This is great, Brett. And I know, I know people are getting some ideas on what they can do strategies of when they, when they have built that wealth, some people who are already have that, they're like, okay, now I'm opening up options. I want to talk about to get to that level of, of being an investor. Like, what do you think are some core, core, um, patterns or beliefs or strategies, things that are important for people to go from, let's say earning six figures in their own business to becoming like a full blown investor and getting to that level. What, what do you think that, that gap, um, What does it take to cross that gap?
1: Yeah, learn to work harder on yourself than you do on your job. (laughs) This is by Jim Rohn. If you work hard on your job, you'll make a living, and that's fine. But if you work harder on yourself, you'll make a fortune. And it's not all about money, right? Money is a part, a byproduct of of becoming more valuable and having more character and, and, and getting promotions and getting you know starting new businesses. But the idea is to grow your character in such a way that that you can become a leader in a in a sense or start a business or or become more valuable as 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 a human being, mm-hmm. and that by by nature is going to attract and help you do more things that otherwise you thought you couldn't do right mm-hmm. and that's that's the biggest thing of course now you need to have mentors and you need to have you know masterminds and get accountability you need to take massive amount of action, but realize it's a marathon it's not a sprint it takes time you know when I started out the first Really, the first five years of my career, I mean, some years I made zero, right? Some years I barely made any money. I'm working two side jobs. I'm working Cheesecake Factory by night, serving nights and weekends. I'm working basketball tournaments on the weekend. I'm leaving, living with my brother and his uh, a couple bedroom condo. And people are telling me, go get a real job, Brett. What, what, why Why aren't you getting a real job? You have a wife and a kid at home. And, and I go, I just love what I'm doing. I, I, I believe I'm called to do this. Like, This is what I was created to do. Like, I love it. I'm going to do whatever it takes to make this work. So I think you got to have some grit and you got to get creative and you got to keep your expenses low on a practical level. You got to have mentors who are going to encourage you. You got to have those who are going to speak life into your life, right? Beyond just um, you know, those who maybe are neutral or negative, you got to make sure you're feeding your brain the right type of information, right? Meaning uh, leadership. You know, for me, it's the Bible and praying and meditating. It's it's uh, uh, it's leadership books. You got to have a plan to grow yourself. So that's the first thing. And then you got to get practical with the actual investment education part of it. And there's there's so much more than there even was 10 years ago with the podcast with the mastermind groups, with the conferences and the seminars. Um, So the most practical way I found, I also have five kids and I'm married and two businesses. I found that I actually prefer to partner with others who are the operators and put in, let's say, you know, 10,000 I think it was my our first our first big one for my wife and I and then we put in 25,000 you know on the next one and we're putting these small amounts for us I mean they're 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 finally big now in the beginning we didn't have anything but just just do the first one right just mm. do the first one and get a little bit of education but realize you don't have to buy it all yourself and do it all yourself you can do that but but you, you have to look at the margin you have in your life and for me it was I wanted to focus on the family and I still already have so much uh, in, uh, businesses and i got to make sure that these things are in balance um so realize that you can partner with people i think that's a great way to go about doing it it's awesome to get education and to be in an environment in which people are investing so if, if the circle of influence you're in and you're spending your majority of your time is here and they're not investing in investment real estate and they're not getting educated and they're not in leadership mastermind groups and they're not they're not challenging and growing in a way guess what you're probably not going to either. It's going to be so difficult to do that. Mm. Um, I, there's a there's a gentleman I was on his show. His name is Victor Menance, and one of the biggest things he talks about is changing your environment. There's mm. a reason why we go to the gym to work out, yep. right? We could probably put something up in our garage and work out for you know much more efficient. You don't have to drive there. Don't have to you know fight for equipment. But there's a reason you go to a gym in a different environment. That's going to challenge you and motivate you to to be better, right? Yep. And to push harder. Or hiring performance coaches, or being in masterminds. So it's there. The biggest thing is people know that it's, it's the emotional part and it's creating that margin in your life to be able to do that. And that's where you got to go back to starting with why, right? Mm -hmm. You know, Simon Sinek, you got to have these big visions and goals. You got to visualize what, where you're going to be right before you're there. And, uh, so that's kind of a long answer there, but, um, hopefully, uh, you caught some nuggets there.
0: I love it. I love it, Brett. This is great, man. I want to talk about the podcast. You you've been investing in entrepreneurship for a long time. Uh what inspired you to start the podcast, man?
1: Yeah, so the lack of education around capital gains tax referral options. So our podcast yep. is called Capital Gains Tax Solutions. Yep. Okay. That's the name of our company. And it's it's solutions with an S plural on yep. purpose. Because there are charitable remainder trusts. There are Delaware statutory trusts. There are deferred sales trusts. There are 1031 exchanges. Um, there are seller carrybacks. There are all, there's these kind of main five or six tax deferral strategies. But here's the key. Not every size fits all, right? Each one has its own unique advantage versus the other. And the question is, what is best for the client? what is best for the consumer and what we want and and what i found my clients want is options and so uh and they want clarity too okay because uh, guess what? Your commercial real estate broker wants you to do the 1031 exchange. Hey, I'm a commercial real estate broker. I, I, we get huge commissions if you do the 1031, right? Mm-hmm. The 1031 companies want you to stay in the 1031 exchange. Guess why? Because they get paid. They don't necessarily want to promote or talk about these other things because guess what? It's not their business, right? Mm-hmm. So I just found that, hey, I don't want to see people get hurt anymore. I don't want feel people to feel trapped anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't want people to, to, to feel like they have to own something and manage something, unless pay this huge tax. And so the it's like I just couldn't help but not start the podcast and educate people. And the cool thing is I actually bring on other other uh, professionals to speak about their particular tax deferral strategy and how they've helped their clients and their deals and their inspiration, so that we can compare and contrast the two. I think when you open up the dialogue and you create a safe environment where people to actually hey let me see what's best for me then everybody benefits right everyone gets better the second reason i started the podcast is for the business professional who is trying to compete with the big big you know call it the corporate um the the corporate uh you know uh best on the block type mm-hmm. of house, you know whether it be a big brokerage house or a big financial advising house, and you have this tax strategy now where you can be you can go in and like a ninja, you can show them something that no one else can show them and you can add so much value that they can't help but hire you, okay, even though this big brokerage house didn't tell them about it. And the second thing is automation. Automation is challenging the value proposition of every single business professional out there. It's taking over the world in a lot of ways. We're seeing it most most apparent in the residential single-family space with Redfin and Zillow and the instant offers and all of these things. And these discount brokers, and God bless them, you know, they do volume and they can sell. Like, and they're yep. still doing a good job. And so – Where are we adding value? Being a realtor myself and being a commercial real estate broker myself, where are we adding value? And if it's not with their bottom line, if it's not with capital gains tax, where else are you going to add it? And so I just love the idea of being able to come in and equip business professionals with this tool, right, so that they can add value and grow their business business and again kind of escape the automation industry because if I come to you and say hey Chris I'm going to save you a million dollars on the sale of your property the fee discussion kind of goes away right mm. you say okay I'll pay you 5-6% maybe I'll pay you 10% on that yeah. because the other guy wasn't going to do that yeah he was going to cut his fee to one5 or 2% but I was still going to pay the million in tax so the moment you can add value you change the conversation so that's the goal to spread the message to add value and give people clarity on the options that they have
0: mm. Brent, this is this is so good man um i love i love how you're just giving your you're being of service with your podcast and really i, I hear empowering people to go succeed as as um, service providers as well you know like like competing against those big bigger corporations empowering the the more boutique type type of person to have those options to know what's going on in the marketplace i think that's like really smart that you're positioning yourself in that way to to be that like hub of like hey i want to i want to share what i'm learning i want to share what what discussions we're having with experts so that we can all grow together and and just like increase the the profitability the freedom the time and money freedom that you're you're giving to your clients man i think it's it's really cool and i wanted to ask you a question about your uh, investment journey and entrepreneurial journey i think one of the biggest challenges a lot of entrepreneurs have is a shiny object syndrome i'm curious how did you deal with um shiny objects because i think when when there are Options to do, like to invest and things like that. Um, how do you know what to to place your time and your energy and your focus into?
1: Great question. So the first thing that comes to mind is I've been I've been uh, recently a uh, part of a coaching group called the One Funnel Way Challenge. Russell Brunson and ClickFunnels. And if you haven't uh, been a chance to see that yet. I highly encourage you to check that out. Um, amazing. Kind of blown, blown my mind and I'm in a whole other world here. Yeah. And one of the concepts he talks about is hiring the who instead of being the how. Yeah. Okay, And this idea is you have a vision here and your vision, let's say it's up and to the right, or up and to the left. And you're, you're trying to get to that vision, that vision, that vision. And too often as entrepreneurs or as, as individuals, right, um, mm-hmm. we want to do everything ourselves you know we're we're going to bootstrap we're going to figure it out we're going to youtube hack it we're going to you know i can figure this out i can do it for cheaper faster <laughs> and there's some truth to that for some things right but yeah. at the end of the day what too often happens is we get stuck in this procrastination mode where we're mm-hmm. trying to be the how and this how is kind of a downward circle where we we get Okay, you get all inspired or excited about something and then you start to do it and then maybe you can do it and and, and and maybe you spend a week or two and then it kind of fades away. And then and even if you actually complete the project or that next assignment, guess what? It's just probably not that good because guess what? You're not an expert in that. It may not be your strength, right? You could force your way into that and maybe produce something but it's not getting you to your vision, right? And your vision is really where you want to be because your vision is where you're gonna help the most amount of people make the biggest impact in this world. And so I think part of it is defining what your strengths are, defining what your passions are, and then believing and focusing that this is the, this is the highest and best use of my time and energy. And if I'm not doing those things to, to deflect the shiny objects and to deflect the, I'm gonna be in control and I'm gonna do it myself, you're actually being you're not being a good steward of the of the gifts and talents mm. that God's given you mm. right and you're mm. at the end of the day you're you're waste you're wasting your time and energy right and it's it, it, there's there's something very powerful and freeing when you can hire the who and so who's a who for example so i'm hiring a blog person i've been trying to write a blog and i was on a podcast and then the the, uh, the the host was like, hey, can you write a blog? And so I, I you know I did it, and I thought I did good. You know, and they're like, ah, uh, not so good. Try it again. I tried it again. They're like, ah, uh, not so good. Maybe hire somebody. And I was like, well, thank you for telling me. So I went and hired somebody. And, and it's like that's one example. The other one was video editing. You know, mm-hmm. I could edit my own YouTube videos, but at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm not a video editor. You know, like hire that out. So I hired that out. The other one is the WordPress website stuff. I mean, I started out in Wix, and I'm like. What is going on? Then I got into WordPress, and I I mean, I'm getting caught in these things. And part of me kind (laughs) of likes the creative side and the the you know the design side. But I'm like, this is not the highest and best use of my time. Mm -hmm. There are people who absolutely love this and are the best at it, and we can hire them. So those are the practical examples, right? So don't be the how, hire the who, Mm -hmm. and get your vision faster. And write the check. Russell Brunson says it well. Every good entrepreneur, they're going to write the check. They're going to write the check for, for the fry the, uh, and the hoot, And they're also going to write the check to find out what their competitors are doing. Mm. So that is a big, big part of it. Um, and, uh, and then I think saying centered in your values, mm. right? So back to the character part of things, it's very easy to get distracted when we're not centered in our values yeah. and we're not centered in everything we were called to be right and that starts with you know i go back to hel elrod's book uh miracle morning mm-hmm. right with with meditating with reading the bible with praying with visualizing the day i haven't quite got to the journaling part of it yet it's i i need to describing part but those are the type exercise right yeah. those are the things that are going to help you stay centered mm-hmm. right and stay focused of course, writing down goals, reviewing your goals, being in the masterminds, having accountability and encouragement for those things. Mm. All of those things are going to help you stay encouraged, which is the second part. So uh, mm. stay centered in your values, but then you got to stay encouraged to drive on because let's face it. We all need encouragement, right? No matter who you are or how positive you are, there is one thing that's never going to be uh, uh, without need, which is encouragement. All yep. leaders need encouragement. Yep. All, all, um, Everybody needs encouragement. So how do you stay encouraged? well how do you you got to ask yourself how do I best stay encouraged and that could be going to church we go to church I go to church every Sunday right that could be being in a small group of Bible study that's for me that could be being in masterminds for podcast for for real estate all of those things help to encourage me the other thing that helps me stay encouraged is doing things like this right where i can give back and i can share and i can i can be vulnerable and open with with struggles and, and challenges and realize that you're not alone there's so much more um there's so many things that we can do the key is just do one what's the next thing that you think on your goal list that god's calling you to do that you, that you believe is the right thing to do write that down make three action steps and guess what? Do that today. Do that tomorrow. And, and once you kind of get that one solid, then go on to the next one. And there's really, really five or six key areas in life. There's health, there's finances, there's your relationship with God, your relationship with friends and family, your spouse, your kids, your career, personal development, leadership, maybe eight or so. And those are the major areas. And, and focus your time on spending major time on the major areas, right? And then spend minor time on the minor areas. That comes from Jim Rohn. He's my uh, virtual mentor. who's passed away, but I've read all his books. And the problem is a lot of folks, and I get in the habit of messing up too, I spend major time on minor things, right? Or I spend minor time on major things. And that's the art of discipline and, and making sure that you're spending the right amount of time on the right things.
0: I love it. I love it, man. Um I want to talk about your family and and the impact that that has had cuz I I just I hear so much wisdom in what you're you're sharing and I think that there's there's a drive to to what you do. I want to talk about what was life like before having kids and even having met your wife and how has it transformed after meeting your wife and and having kids.
1: Yeah, I think uh, God gives us uh, you know, marriage and family and close friends are the best gifts in this life. And and he does it for two reasons, not only to bless you, right, or bless bless us, mm-hmm. but to challenge us, right? And the idea that when you're married, it's not about you anymore, right? Mm. It's now about you and your spouse. And then when you have kids, that's really the biggest way up go called. Then all of a sudden, you're like, hey, it's really not even about us. we got <laughs> these kids. And so, you know, growing up, you know, uh, as a guy, especially, I think, you know, um, I don't know, maybe girls too, but I know for me, You just think the world's kind of, you know, yours and you're just going and, you know, I had an amazing mom who loved us and encouraged us and believed in us and amazing cousins and coaches and part of sports, by the way, is, is kind of humbling too, and getting the discipline and getting the tough, tough, toughness built into you. But, um, you get married and it's like, okay, here's a chance for me to love somebody, Mm. you know, um. Uh, in a, in a way that's serving and, and sacrificing, even when I don't feel like it, right? And and even when there's challenges or heartaches or I've been hurt, and and practicing forgiveness and and doing all the things that um that uh that the Bible says to do, honestly. And then you have kids, and you're like, oh my gosh. Now this is a whole other level. So we have five kids and my wife is the rock star. So she she is the, she's the you know, we are the foundation of, of, of our family. But she's like the foundation of the household and everything going, right? Yeah. So she's a full-time, homeschooling, um, 100% all-in wife and mom. And this is just dedicated to the family. And I said, Hey, do you want to go back to work? I go, These kids are going to be crazy. I go, They have my blood in them. And I was a you know, pretty crazy kid. I go, So if you want to go back to work, you can go back to work. No problem. Like, we'll, we'll figure it out. But she's like, You know, I, she, she studied child development and she studied, um, she helped, uh, she ran a before and school, after school program for kids, K through six. And she's like, You know what? I like kids. But I love my kids and I prefer just to do, let's do homeschooling. I said, great, let's do it. So her passion and her calling is to homeschool our kids and to instill all the values. And I was like, that's awesome. I love that. Let's do it, and she's been able to live out her her calling, right? So then, that's also a part of it to to, to keep the foundation of the family is you got to be serving and giving and and laying down, you know, your needs and your desires, and and sometimes they both line up and it's perfect, great. But there's times and seasons where you may have to adjust a little bit, right? And 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 and, and, sh- and, and shift. Um, so that's I think that's the biggest part of our family, and and then also realizing that. Parenting each kid is going to be different. Like we have five kids; our oldest is nine, our youngest is 19 months. We're still figuring it out. People are like, "How's the homeschool going?" I'm like, "It's going pretty good." You know, uh, we're still figuring it out. You know, uh, I think you know the kids are doing, they're thriving, they're healthy. But how's parenting five kids? You know, I'll let you know in about five years, right, when they're all teenagers, <laughs> to see how they're doing. So we're still just learning every day. We're just trying to do the best we can to love one another, discipline the kids as best we can, and nurture them as best we can. But um, it's definitely the joy of my life is, is being a father, being a husband.
0: Uh, Dude, I love it Um, with with your community that you're building online um, having the podcast things like that do you are you excited to build it big is that something that's important to you do you want to reach lots of people and and eventually be able to inspire and reach lots of entrepreneurs and and um, branch out or do you do you see yourself staying pretty niche with those like high net worth people and and really staying in that in that zone for a long time I mean you you obviously want to keep this niche it's a great niche and do you see yourself spreading out and serving more of, of the general public who are just wanting to be a better person? Because I hear you talking about Jim Rohn and that's like such a uh, a great conversation for everyone from high net worth people all the way to, you know, people who are just trying to, to make it and, you know, like survive in their nine to five kind of thing.
1: Yeah, so the answer to that question has to do with, with the value of our company and our vision for our family. Which is to unleash compassion for those who are most in need, mm-hmm. and if we can do that through education, through leadership, through inspiration, and in this deferred sales trust tool, we'll have uh, solved um, or met you know the 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 mission for our lives. And so, what that looks like, practically speaking. We support a, a, a group called Agape International, yeah. and they are on the ground in Cambodia helping to free kids who are stuck in child sex slavery. And yeah. so what they do is amazing. They have these SWAT teams, Chris. Okay, so what I want you to imagine the night goggles, the guns, and they're busting into these places, the darkest places, some of the darkest places in the world. And they're bringing out these children who are being Uh, abused, okay? And they're putting them into a school, they are giving them food, they're getting education, they're sharing the gospel, and they're loving and nurturing kids who, some of them have, they've never known this before, right? And and so we're all about basically creating enough wealth and helping people create wealth, and then defer the wealth when they sell, and as a part of it, unlocking the illiquid capital, because back to some of the stats here, 50% 50% of America's net worth is tied to high-end primary homes, commercial real estate, and private equity or businesses. That's 50% of the total net worth, okay? And remember, of that, about 20 trillion, which is the baby boomers, they're gonna be selling. So about if you just take 10 trillion of that, 10 trillion is probably gonna trade hands in the next 20 years or pass from one generation to to the next and say, you go, okay, well 10 trillion, well some of those folks are, are challenged with estate tax, and these are ultra high net worth individuals, but they're faced with 40% of anything worth 22 million or more or 11 million single, anything above that is going to be hit with a huge 40% estate tax, well the intent is to get it outside the taxable state and to defer the capital gains tax, the challenge is most tools don't allow both at the same time in a quick manner. The Deferred Sales Trust is the solution to that. And so if we can save, I don't know, a trillion dollars in tax, let's just say, I mean, can you think think about what that can do for people, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's not just about our our charities right that's the one we're most near and dear it's whatever charity the client has whatever passion they have and we truly believe that the money in the hands of the people is more powerful because we know what to do with it better than the government does the government has 23 trillion dollars of debt and guess what they got to figure out a way to pay it <laughs> and they're more than happy for all of this 10 trillion to go to it you know being a little bit facetious but <laughs> But we don't want that, you know? And by the way, the government gives us these legal loopholes. So it's not like it's us against them. I don't want to make it like that. Mm-hmm. We actually will create more wealth with it. But ultimately, the vision is to just unleash compassion to these darkest places in the world wow. for people who don't have, you know, water. You know, we, we support a group uh, uh, in Africa and building wells, right? Mm-hmm. And we support, you know, different groups. So whatever you're passionate about, realize that you've been given this wealth. Right, and you're you're being given an opportunity to be a good steward with it. We just want to be that guide alongside of you and say, hey, how do we take what you've been given and all this wealth you've built, and let's defer it, and let's 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 eliminate the estate tax, and let's move this into places that need it the most, and that helps us all build a legacy. And so, to answer your question, yes, of course, uh, as big as as possible we can go. Right, as far as far as God will take this business, and as many people as we can help. But yes, in order to get there, we do need to serve ultra-high net worth people. We do need to serve high net worth people, but also we want to equip people who are just trying to be ultra-high net worth. Right? Yep. I I started. I'm not ultra-high net worth. Right? <laughs> I'm not. I'm. You know i'm still on the journey too so we're gonna we bring on guests and education on investment real estate and different ideas different hopefully that's some inspiration to it but hopefully we create a big enough why over here that it propels people to do these things right and to learn these things and to share these ideas with people who don't know about it Hmm. and so that we can help more people who need the most who are the most vulnerable
0: yeah, Brett, I, I really hear how connected you are with the why of why you're doing things, the character that you're committed to embodying, and living through and being the example for people around you. I think it's it's awesome, man. I'm super inspired by you. And, you know, I mentioned in our pre-interview call how how much of a role God has played in my life. And I'm just, I'm super grateful that our paths have crossed and that God has blessed us and um, just all the the value that you're bringing to the world, the, the causes, you know, um, bring that, that light to the darkness. That you were talking about in some of these most you know treacherous places of of the world, but because there's additional income and revenue that we're able to you know redirect into causes that we believe in and um, you know support people. I think it's it's so awesome what you're doing, man. I want to tell our audience how they can stay connected with you, what are their next steps that they can take to to get involved, to have a conversation, and learn more, man.
1: Well, first, thank you, Chris, for your encouragement, your kind words, and it. Means the world to be on this show with you and to share these ideas with your audience. Um, so yes, yeah, so you can connect me with, with me at capitalgainstaxsolutions.com. That's our website. We also have a YouTube channel. We have the podcast. Um, the podcast quite hasn't hasn't actually launched yet. We have about 30 interviews. And wow. by the way, I'd love to have you on the show, Chris, to share to share exactly uh, everything you're doing too. And sort of launch in the next 14 days or so. But it would be subscribe to the podcast, the YouTube channel. Um, if you have a live deal, you know, or mm-hmm. your client. Uh, um, it has a live deal. We have a deferred sales trust calculator. You can go to our website, CapitalGainsTaxSolutions.com, and you can click on Book a Call. You know, click on the def- Deferred Sales Trust Calculator, and that'll you can answer you know seven or eight questions. That'll give us some numbers to work by. By the way, all of our services are no cost, unless and if the client chooses to choose to, to close the deal, and unless and if the client the deal actually closes. So there's really no risk, no obligation. Um, just connect with us. We love to help and be be a part of uh, your team to build your business. For for your if you're a client or a principal out there, we love the opportunity to compete for your business and show you
0: how we can help you out. Mm. Brett, you're a champion. Everyone, go check out gains dot com. Go subscribe to the podcast when it launches within the next two weeks. By the time this <laughs> podcast comes out, it'll definitely be out there. So go check it out, Capital Gains Tax Solutions podcast and Brett, thank you so much for the work that you're doing, man. Keep being the light. Keep being a great father and a great just steward of your gifts, inspiring me, inspiring my audience to be a great steward of our gifts. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. My pleasure. See you soon, okay? Great night. Okay, bye now. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning in. Right now, we've reached the end of this episode But this is the start of a whole new beginning. Each and every moment, you have an opportunity to rewrite your story. Right here, right now, decide and commit who you are going to be. Think about how you will use these ideas, wisdom, and inspiration to make the difference in your life. What actions will you take today and every day? to schedule some time into my calendar. Now, master yourself, create your reality, and make every day your best day ever.